Now I'm on. That means I was on when we were singing. <laughs> um, so anyway, I, I have a message for you tonight. I was at a Via de Cristo gathering this last weekend, and I know that you have heard of Via de Cristo a few times from people in this congregation. And this past weekend was one of two held each year. Via de Cristo means the way of Christ. And for 72 hours, this group of people from all over the state gathered to be the hands and feet of Jesus. There was so much love. Love for Jesus, love for each other, and love for the world. I am so filled up with that love that I decided this talk had to be about God's love. So I want to start out by reading what some kids between the age of four and eight said when they were asked, what does love mean? Rebecca, age eight, said, when my grandmother got arthritis, she couldn't bend over and paint her toenails anymore. So my grandfather does it for her all the time, even when his hands got arthritis too. That's love. And Billy, age four, answered, when someone loves you, the way they say your name is different. You just know that your name is safe in their mouth. An eight-year-old Emily described love this way. Love is when you kiss all the time. Then, when you get tired of kissing, you still want to be together, and so you talk more. My mommy and daddy are like that. They look gross when they kiss. <laughs> Seven-year-old Bobby said, Love is what's in the room with you at Christmas if you stop opening presents and listen. Now I feel just like Pastor Gary. <laughs> Nika, age six, has a really good handle on love. She said, if you want to learn to love better, you should start with a friend who you hate. And Noelle, age seven, said, love is when you tell a guy you like his shirt, and then he wears it every day. And five-year-old Elaine said, Love is when mommy gives daddy the best piece of chicken. And Chris, age seven, said, Love is when mommy sees daddy smelly and sweaty and still says he's handsomer than Robert Redford. And Lauren, age four, said, I know my sister loves me because she gives me all her old clothes. And then she has to go out and buy new ones. And finally, Jessica, age eight, said, you really shouldn't say I love you unless you mean it. But if you mean it, you should say it a lot. People forget. So God made us to be loved. Not just to be loved, but to need love. Back in the early 2000s, 
there was a group of scientists from the Harvard Medical School who wanted to study the difference in people who received love as babies with those who did not receive love. Of course, it would be unethical to place a baby in such a study. However, in the 1980s, Romania was a country that was closed to the outside world. In 1989, the Romanian dictator, whose name I won't even try to pronounce, was overthrown and the country was opened up to the rest of the world. It was discovered that 170,000 children were being raised in orphanages. These orphanages barely had enough people to meet the basic physical needs of the children. There wasn't anyone to hold or cuddle or sing to them. They were left completely alone except to be fed and changed. So in 2000, the Harvard scientists studied these children who are now adults to see what effect not receiving love as babies had on them. Most of these adults had delays in cognitive function, motor skills, and language. They had difficulties with emotional behavior, and when compared to children brought up in homes that abounded in love, even the electrical activity in their brains was different. So you see, we were designed by God to be loved. Infants completely dependent on others to meet their physical needs will die if those needs aren't met. If their emotional needs aren't met, they may not die, but they will struggle with emotional and behavior problems that will affect them for the rest of their lives. But we, as adults, we need to understand that there is someone who loves us. We are never alone, and we are never without love. God longs for us to know him, love him, and have a relationship with him. And he is relentless. You just have to accept this love that is given so freely. There are lots of stories in the Bible about God's love for us, and the best place to start is at the beginning. God spoke the universe and everything in it into existence. He formed Adam in his image and blew his own breath of life into him. He knew Adam was going to need a helpmate, so he created Eve. God enjoyed spending time with them in the garden. Everything God made was good, and we are part of that. We are made in God's image with his breath in us. That's love. In the book of Daniel... We are told about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, 
three children who refused to worship a statue of King Nebuchadnezzar instead of worshiping the one true God. At the king's order, they were thrown into a fiery furnace to be burned to death. Not only did God love them enough to bring them out of the fire untouched, when King Nebuchadnezzar looked into the furnace, he saw Jesus in the fire with them. That's love. There is story after story in the Bible of God's love for all people. It is people who reject God's love. And Easter is the greatest love story of all. In John 3.16, possibly the most famous verse in the Bible, Jesus says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Talk about love. We are all sinners and deserve to go to hell. But God doesn't want his children punished. So he sent his very own son to take our punishment. Jesus died and went to hell for us. But he didn't stop there. Jesus rose from the grave, ascended into heaven to sit at the right hand of the Father, and now he continually ministers to us. So how can we possibly repay this? Doesn't it make you want to serve and love God in any way you can? Of course, we can't repay anything, and God doesn't expect us to. But God's greatest desire, the reason he created us, is to love him and have a personal relationship with him. So how do we do that? First, we pray. In 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 17, Paul says, Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Pray without ceasing. Pray for and about everything. Pray first, pray last, pray always. Now you might be thinking, I can't pray without ceasing. I have other things I have to do. I work. I go to school. But you know, praying is simply a conversation with God. So no matter what you're doing, if God is in your heart, if you are doing your best and asking him to guide you, you are praying. Be thankful even when life doesn't look the way you want it to. God is in control, and no matter what happens in your life, he will turn it for good. James chapter 5, verse 16 tells us, I'm going to move that down just a little. James chapter 5, verse 16 tells us, Therefore, confess your sins to one another, 
and pray for one another so that you may be healed. The effective prayer of a righteous man can accomplish much. Righteous means being right with God. So again, if you love God and you want to obey him, you are righteous. James also says, you do not have because you do not ask God. God wants you to ask, but with the right motives. He's not going to give you the winning lottery numbers. But when you ask for things to be done according to his plan, you will receive an answer. Prayers are answered. It's just that the answers may not be what you want. But they will be what God wants for you. Because his plan is always right. The second way to deepen our relationship with God is to study. Study the Bible. Read it. Ask questions. And then search out the answers. Today it is so easy to find information on the internet. Although you do have to be careful whose words you are looking at, but there are many well-respected theologians that you can find. And there are so many good Bible studies online and through Right Now Media, and each one will give you new insight. And by the way, we haven't talked about Right Now Media for a while. This website is kind of like Netflix for Christians. There are thousands of Bible studies, movies, Bible stories for kids to watch, cartoons, I think maybe Veggie Tales is on there. Since our church pays for the access to Right Now Media, you have access through our church. So the first time that you go to the Right Now Media website, you have to request access from the church, and you will be given that access. Then you create a username and password, and then you just start searching. We have used Right Now Media in our small group lots of times. We're forever looking for different There's some people we just like to listen to more, and there's just thousands of things to to, uh, watch. Um, You can search by topic, by author, by the name of the video you may know about and may want to see. It's really a wonderful tool to dig into scripture. So please, if you aren't using it, go out there and check it out. I also personally have several devotional books that I've gotten into the habit of reading each morning. And now the day just doesn't go right if I don't start mornings with devotions and prayer and reading usually a chapter from the Bible. And of course, I look for the verse for today every morning um, to send that out to everybody here. I love the quietness of those early morning hours spent with God. 
And this is also why the stewardship committee here at Grace is trying to get small groups started. This is a great way to study scripture and discuss ideas with other like-minded people. The third way to deepen your relationship with God is to love one another. In Mark chapter 12, Jesus was asked, which commandment is the most important? And Jesus answered, the most important is the Lord our God, the Lord is one, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. God wants us to love and care for one another. We are the recipients of the deep, rich, abiding love of God. How can we not love each other with that same love? And when we do love each other, God lives in us, and we have the assurance of his grace. Jesus didn't die on that cross just for the good people. He died for everyone. He died for the men that whipped him, beat him, and nailed him to the cross. He died for murderers and thieves. He died for you and me. The ultimate love story. And we can't ignore it. We must love others in the way Jesus loves us. One way to love others is to tell them about Jesus and the love he has for them. Help them to see the love that is waiting for them if they will only accept Jesus as their Savior. Some people aren't ready to hear the good news. But those people must see us as Christians living the life of Jesus. They may not want to hear us, but they should be able to see the difference in those of us living life in grace and love. Be the hands and feet of Jesus. God loves you. Love him back by praying studying, and loving one another. Thank you. Thank you, Pam. It's wonderful to see God's Holy Spirit working in you and Brad. And in many of us in here, thank you. Thank you. It doesn't seem simple. Uh, it's all about love. And 